quitethethingmedia.com. The network, oh, without constraints. Hi everybody, welcome to Long Term Memory, my name is Jack, and before we get into the episode, I'd just like to give a shout out to our host, Captivate.fm. You can go on to quitethethingmedia.com, click on any of the links there, and you will get a 30-day free trial. But uh, while we're on site, actually, uh, we're on a podcast awards, and Long Term Memory is available to vote for in the other and special interest category. So go on there uh, and give us a little vote. Colin, how are you, mate? Yeah, I'm good, mate. Yeah, really good, thank you. Um, looking forward to hopefully seeing all these these votes coming in after bringing it up with the listeners there. So yeah, that'll be quite good. But yeah, life is good and uh, very much looking forward to this podcast today because it's something quite different and I think it's something that I think I'm, I'm quite knowledgeable about and I'm going to quickly find out I'm really, really not. So that's always fun. Yeah, so we've got Andy McGrillen, who is from That UFO Podcast and is also involved with us at Quite a Thing Media as our creative lead. There we are. How you doing, mate? I am not bad. Thank you very much for having us on, gents. Yeah, so like before we, I suppose before we get into uh, the meat and bones of aliens, I don't know if we'll call it that, UFO, UAP as it's called nowadays, to try to, I presume that's a marketing type thing to get away from the whole UFO type vibe that surrounds the the whole scene in parts. What's UAP? What what is that? Andy will tell you. Uh, so UAP is unidentified aerial phenomena, and it's uh, marketing in the sense it's what the the military dubbed it because they they don't like talking about UFOs either. So for them, UFOs brings up the the stereotypical image of flying saucers and all that kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, uh, and for what they also see and record and have footage of, phenomena fits far better than unidentified flying object. Thank you. What got so you into UFOs, mate? I was abducted when I was six. And Aye, I was, no, cool. I'm just... No. <laughs> <laughs> so I was uh, getting into that kind of stuff just as a kid. I, I quite liked kind of mysteries and uh, my grandma's proper into stuff, you know, like the pyramids in Egypt and Loch Ness Monster and all that kind of stuff. So it just kind of was was quite natural. Um, used to be that kind of wee geeky kid and go to the library and now find all the mystery books that... Uh, Loch Ness Monster was my big thing when I was a kid, especially being being Scottish, and then it kind of moved on to like aliens and had a couple of sightings. Uh, waiting and seeing Colin's face with us. Uh, uh, one when I was a kid was also with four other people, um, and then I've seen lights in the sky. I think everybody has, but usually they turn out to be satellites and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then I kind of seen a one more recently, a kind of black triangle type thing, but. The one I saw as a kid, uh, especially with your listeners, uh, predominantly, you know, be a lot of Scottish folk or folk that are aware of places in Scotland. So if anyone knows Knightswood in Glasgow, <laughs> um, uh, uh, outside Knightswood Community Centre on Alderman Road, for anyone who wants to be really specific and Google map it, uh, I'd left the, the BB one night uh, with my mate, my mum, his mum and my wee sister. So I must have been, I think I've said anything between 9, 10, 11, 12 year old. Can't I quite remember. A winter night. And we're looking down a kind of long, windy road. And it's all, you'll know, it's quite a built-up area. Loads of houses, cars flying about, local takeaways and all that are there. And down the road, there's like a sports complex at the end, like a football park. And we all looked along. And bear in mind, my mum has no interest in UFOs, aliens, any of that stuff, right? She saw this as well. And there was a, what looked like, imagine a Ferris wheel you would see at the carnival, but at a slight angle, spinning like, like a ridiculous speed like a washing machine would spin right and i'm talking not in the sky this is like 
basically almost on the ground, but you kind of see the ground for the houses at the end of the end of the road. And all of us saw this. And if you ask my mum to this day what she saw, she remembers, oh, well, there was something I and it was lights. And I was, but what, it was spinning. It was on its side. It was like, and she's like, aye, but, you know, it's nobody else talked about it. So, and I'm like, aye, but we never, who, we didn't tell anyone about it. Who do you, you don't phone the police in the mid nineties. Like you don't have camera phones in and stuff like that either. It's just, this thing was there and that was it. Nothing got reported, nothing about it. And after a minute, we just kind of left and walked back up the house. So that I had that kind of sight as a kid and it always kind of stuck with us. I've right. got a, I've got an observation about that. Sorry to overstep you there, Jack, but so I, I want to believe all this, right? I think it sounds pretty cool and I'm into it and the story sounds good. The one part of that I struggle with a little bit is the the alien or the UFO or the UAP setting the sat nav in their spaceship at some point and thinking Knightswood. Right? <laughs> Why? What, what would bring the aliens to Knightswood? It's better than Drumchapel. <laughs> so was a kick in the balls, but nobody's queuing up for one of them. Again, it's it's one of them. It's like you don't know why these things kind of appear where they do, or, or for what rhyme or reason. Why have we got a rover sitting in a crater in Mars flying a wee toy helicopter about? I mean, that seems a bit stupid and pointless. If you were living in Mars now, and you were out having a walk in the desert one day, and you went, by the way, there's something out in that desert, and they've got a wee helicopter looking thing, and it just flies up, flies along, and then flies back down. People wouldn't believe you. It just sounds stupid. Why Why would somebody do that? But lo and behold, we've got a rover sitting on Mars flying a helicopter about. So who knows? That's, that's like, like, that's real. Like, <laughs> like, uh, like that, that must, that sounded really shite. But can I like, just ask? We, I, no, I get what you are, how, are, how do you know like, it's real? Like, well, it's real. And like, we as humans have sent that, have stuck that up there. Like a couple of hundred mile away in the reality when you think about the fucking size of space, right? So it, there's no just because we have we have done that. I don't think you can then like sort of storyfy that to a wit like to make that point. If you know what I mean, like there's the fishing analogy as well about fish living under this. Living under the sea and getting caught Aye. by the hook and getting flung back in and saying I get I got abducted by a guy up there and every hunt goes like that. Well, I don't believe you. Yeah, but again, that's just, that's a story. That's that's human nature is to make up these stories, and like we've been telling these sort of stories for I don't know hundreds of years. You know what I mean? The first alien hoax was in eighteen ninety seven. Like. Or the first recorded one, so it, it's not a new thing, and I think it says more about human nature and storytelling that you can storyfy it. That, 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 I don't even know if that's the right word for it, but I like the word because we as humans can make up this story. We then sort of try to apply it to to other things. Do you know what I'm getting at? I do, right, but. I try, and I know you're going to get into loads of different stuff, right? And this isn't like a debate back and forward. But when you said about the the, the Mars rover, right? Perseverance, I think, is the one I'm talking about. It's called, and it's got the little helicopter drone on it. And you said, "Aye, but that's real." Have you seen that rover? Oh, fuck so man, seen, you know, seen that, pretty no, good footage of I'm it. I'm not like buying HD that one, man. No, no, no. That, that's that's fine. That's that's so okay. So you've saw footage of it, right? Proper so, HD footage, not Cletus Wee's camcorder. You've seen HD footage of the rover? Aye, we saw... Do you mean you've seen, like, like, pictures? 
And by the way, I'm, I, this is what I worry. I don't want it. I'm, that that rover is up there doing what it's doing. I'm not claiming that it's not, but it's again. So this is an argument from like an argument from a fallacy, basically. Like, like you're just you're sort of arguing against. You're making an argument. Well, it's based on faith. You've got enough evidence. Like I've never been to Mexico, right? I've never seen it, but I know it exists. Aye. So I've heard other people talking about it, and I've seen footage, and I've seen pictures, mm-hmm. right? But again, when it comes to UFOs, I've seen footage, I've seen pictures, and I've heard people talk about it. In the last couple of years, you've got the US military releasing footage. And when it's not HD, the reason it's not HD is because you're you're seeing infrared night vision cameras. And the footage that would be potentially... The triangular f- lenses, maybe? I don't know. Protect- mm. I've seen that. I've seen that. Right. Aye. We'll, we'll, I, we'll, I, get, I, we'll get it. We'll get it. Yes, I, I want to have this debate. Place. I really do because I find it really fucking interesting, and I do want to. I do want to get into that at a point. I really do because I find it lots of fun, like having that sort of that back and forth. You know, I, I I've got a very human view of aliens and in inverted commas. Is there life out there? Yes, I think there is. Are they fucking flying about Earth? I don't know. I, I I can't I can't get behind that idea, you know. Um, to be perfectly honest with you, Colin, where do you stand? I've got a feeling. Um, I know, I've got a feeling. I know what you're going to say here. I I kind of I come from a, a place where I'd love to believe that they're up there because I think it's I think it's quite exciting. I think it'd be quite interesting, but I, I just think we're in 2021 and we've not really they haven't came to visit us yet. Um, they haven't made themselves known. There's no proof that they're there. So I find it hard to believe, even though I want to. And I'm also open enough to know that we are so small and insignificant. Literally, we are nothing in this universe, in this great, expansed world or universe or galaxies out there. So it does make sense that there is other stuff out there because why would we be here when we are such a small molecule of everything but when I think about all the things that humans have achieved and what we've done and the things we've managed to do and put people on the moon and go to Mars and put rovers on it and stuff like that, that you're talking about why have they never done that why why haven't they come to say hi Colin I'm an alien how you doing like so I want to believe but I, I struggle yeah I think there's also an argument there that for us to be where we are, the stars had to align in inverted commas, and the chances of the four billion years of evolution to get to here, maybe we are the only fucking, maybe we are the only functioning, thinking people, humans, whatever you want to call it, race, in the universe, maybe we are. Maybe we are just the luckiest, the luckiest line of events over 4 billion years, 13 billion years, if you want to go all the way back to, to whenever. Maybe, maybe we just are. Do you, do you, know how Which, do you think we, we could just be the lucky ones, Andy? Uh, potentially. Uh, I, I'm just making notes of some of the stuff, right? Because a lot of assumptions were thrown out there as fact <laughs> as well. Um, but just not to get into everything, because this wouldn't be a couple of parts, this would be a, a ten-parter. Um you're asking though, are you wanting me to talk about other aliens on other planets? Because that's potentially different to what's flying about on our planet. You're just assuming that these things are coming from other planets. 
Okay, right. Okay, okay. Um, so an- answer answer both. Then do you uh, from what I, from what I think you're saying then is you believe more in these things in this in the sky that we don't know what they are more than you believe in. And I say this with the greatest respect, little green men on Mars or something like that. Yeah. So I'm, 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 is that about accurate? Would you say? Yeah, so I would say, yes, there's, there's more than definitely life on other planets in the universe. If you just look at the, the Drake equation, which, you know, if you t- if 1% of planets have stars and 1% of stars of galaxies da, 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 down the line, then there has to be hundreds of millions of intelligent civilizations just in the known universe. Okay, and our known universe is still pretty small. So, yeah, there's probably life out there. Again, it's my personal opinion, yet probably has visited, but it goes back to a point that Colin made about we've got drones, why have they no sent drones? So, Maybe some of the things we see, and I think when you come from, with the greatest greatest respect, it's probably quite an, a common argument or viewpoint. Like especially what Colin's coming up with there, and what he said to me in the past as well. Like it's too much to think we've got this stuff coming for other planets to visit here. When that and that's the only thing that might be happening. It is or it isn't. When there might be a whole load of different things happening that all goes under the same umbrella, and that's where the like again you've got this term UAP like phenomena. Maybe it's not just a case of we've got aliens coming for a planet. Maybe there's a lot of different things. And as you look into things like quantum physics and people start to talk about different dimensions, different realities, all that kind of stuff starts to kind of bleed into this as well. So you talk about drones, maybe some of these aliens and these faraway planets and civilizations. We've got that um, Voyager probe that has now well passed our solar system. So maybe some of these are just really, really, really advanced drones that are kicking about our planet. And that's why they can fly at the speeds they do. That's why they all look as different as they do. And that's why they're landing in really weird places. Um, but then some of the objects that are here, I, if I'm just ranting, Jack, you can No, no, stop no, 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 keep going. No, no, no. No, this is a good shit, man. And, yeah. then, and then if some of the objects that are here that you've got the, the US Navy and military experiencing, you look at some of them being physical, some of them being non-physical, um, having different methods of travel. So again, if you if you think of it differently, that it's not just all the one potential alien species visiting and again i'm not saying i necessarily believe in all of this but you have to look at all the potentials like people talk about future humans and time travel and all that kind of stuff right it gets proper out there and then you look at is it different realities and different dimensions jack you you mentioned like the first hawks in like 1897 right but these these things have been seen or reported for as long back as thousands and thousands of years but when things really hotted up was in the mid 40s after we started dropping nuclear bombs. So if you start to see an increase in sightings, and then we had an explosion of technology after supposed crashes in Roswell as well, potentially, if you if you want to talk about different realities and different dimensions, maybe when you start messing about with atomic energy and atomic weapons and nuclear weapons, you start to send little ripples through, and you start to look in the, the science papers and whatnot now, talking about space-time. And did any of you see the thing from last year or the year before where they're doing experiments in Antarctica because they think they've found a different dimension where time runs backwards? That's it a bit was... like Lost, isn't it? Did you watch did you watch Lost? I watched the first couple of series and then got bored. That was all about Antarctica and turning the donkey wheel and that was unreleasing like that released the kind of entrance to the island and stuff like that. Right. So it it starts to get into all kinds of different areas and that's where I suppose where I come at this and I know, Colin, you you joked that like, you know, but coming on as an expert, I don't. I honestly don't think myself as an expert. I speak to a lot more people that know more than me, but I would just like to hopefully have some people go away from this with some different ideas to at least think about. Well, that's it, mate. Um, <clears throat> a couple of things <clears throat> you said. Um, 
you took a note of um, some assumptions rather than yeah. facts. I want to know what they are. I want to learn. And then you said these things have landed. Like where? Like well, why? Have, why is there not what I would term better proof? All I see most of the time is sort of grainy, out of focus footage. You know, like if these things have landed, where are they? Where is the the more direct physical proof of that? Um, and then, yeah, I'd like to know what the assumptions were at the beginning. Cool. So I think one of the main ones was Colin saying like they haven't visited, right, or stuff hasn't came here and not said hello. Now, there are, like I say, you talk about drones, we've got all this footage of these things flying about. See, can I just ask on the, this is something I think that, especially in 2021, we talk about having these really good phones and 8K cameras and stuff on us. Colin, you're a massive tech geek, right? Now, the quality of footage, see if um, I go for a walk later on with a dog right in the field and it's six o'clock at night and it's it's nice weather and a big spaceship, let's just say a flying saucer comes right over my head. I pull out my phone, right? It's only me and about and I film it and I put that online. What's everyone going to say? They're, you're going to get, you're going to get skeptics. And... But let's say it's, it's I've genuinely that genuinely happens to me, right? And I film it in beautiful 8K on my Samsung S21, right? It's, you're going to get accused of using a green screen and for video effects, and it just basically not being <laughs> real. The magic it's, argument it's, from not having no, 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 no. But so what, what I mean is, so there's your why have we not got beautiful, brilliant footage, right? So then it depends on who's the footage coming from, because that's we've, then we've not we've not get beautiful footage because. People are scared to put it up in case they get accused of using a fucking green screen. No, no, no. So then there's loads of footage out there, loads of footage, right? So then, what are you asking? You're looking for you want better quality footage. Yeah. So you've got first of all, mm. so 1997 Phoenix, Arizona, right? right? The local news, and I don't mean just the local, but all the news in Phoenix, Arizona, and you can watch documentaries on this. Filmed objects hovering in the sky for over three hours, right? The whole town of Phoenix, Arizona reported, and this is over 10,000 witnesses came forward, if you're looking for numbers of people, a massive triangular v, a V-shaped craft flew over the the town. Again, this happened at night. Bear in mind, it's 1997, right? So the only footage of what you've got of these lights are people with video cameras, like the proper kind of big ones back in the day, right? There was no, again, camera phones and stuff like that. So you had over 10,000 people. The, the governor basically had to come out the following day because people in the town were kicking off and this was making the national news as well in America. And there's documentaries about this. You can watch it on YouTube. Dan, a- Dan Aykroyd done a really good documentary on it because he's really into UFOs and stuff. The the governor, Fife Symington, right, proper took the piss out of it. And then it, and a day or two later, basically announced a press conference because people are really worried about this going, look, we've got these lights flying about in the sky and we're seeing this massive thing flying about. And you've got the press conference again, you can watch on YouTube, where he says, we've got the culprit. And he brings out this guy in a six foot grey alien costume, right, live on TV. And the journalists that were there all kind of chuckled and laughed. But the residents were furious. He lost the next election by a landslide, right? And that was the whole thing of they were having the piss taken out of them because, no, we seen this. There was lots of us. You've got the footage of it running on the news. And they were basically told what you saw were military flares being dropped. 
Now, the people were 10,000 people plus that came forward were like, we're quite aware of what military flares would look like as opposed to a massive V flying over our heads. And the videos that you can watch of these five objects and five lights, if again, you can watch it online, they sit for a long time. They don't drop flares, they appear and they sit stationary. Years later, Fife Symington, the, the governor, has been interviewed loads of times since, and you can watch interviews with him as recent as the last couple of months, where he goes back and says he was told to say that at the time, because politically they were like, like you kind of talk about UFOs and spaceships and all that kind of nonsense. Just get rid of this, have a laugh about it, take the piss and it'll go away. He's came out and said himself, do you know what, I actually saw the object as well, and I really do regret having done that at the time, but political pressure and all that kind of stuff as well. Um and then it last was it last year or the year before, Kurt Russell, the actor, was on the BBC One show. And again, you can watch this where he talked about how he, being like a, a pilot as well, as a very rich guy and actor, was flying his daughter's friends back. Um, he lived in the area, like from like a visit or a school, whatever it was, but he was flying them back in his kind of small plane that he's got. He saw the object from the sky as well. And it was only in that BBC One show interview that he came out as, do you know what, I was the pilot that saw it. So again, you've got loads of witnesses still coming out to this day. 10,000 people, there's camera footage. Yep, it's not HD because it was 1997, but that's a pretty big sighting and it's probably the most recent mass sighting as well. Okay, I, I am not... <clears throat> see, that this is where it becomes a little bit sort of more, more difficult for myself to like counter-argue that because I am not, for example, a, a military tech aficionado i don't know what technology humans can make right i don't know if the military have got super secret fucking circle airplanes they might i don't know i'm not a aficionado in, in that sort of sense so again to sort of for me to to counter that is is tough but again like the the, the basis one of the things that was cut cut russell said it on the one show it's just one guy saying it on the telly, man. Like, uh, but that's my point. Is that's what twenty years after the incident, so there's still people coming out to say, Do you know what, I saw this as well. So, so if you go back to the incident, there was more than ten thousand witnesses. The whole the whole town saw this. But yeah, that's that's my point with Kurt Russell, not the fact that you know Kurt Russell right, said okay, it. So you okay, should okay. It. So there's um, ten thousand people seen that, which is which is a fucking a hell of a lot. Mm-hmm. And so is that. A UFO mass sighting, right? So UFOs, like the, the government came out and said, yes, have admitted that UFOs are real in the sense that unidentified flying objects or UAP yeah. are real. They've admitted that that the the things that are that they couldn't identify are real. So, like again, I feel that the language at times surrounding the the whole thing can be a so little I bit can, misleading. I can add to that. Absolutely yeah. get what you mean. It, not misleading. It's it's how much you look into it and what else. So you're totally right that the US government no doubt film things all the time, and so do the Chinese, the Russian, the UK, Jamaican governments, Estonian governments, right? right? Film stuff that they don't know what it is, but it doesn't mean it's. And what we are talking about here is it's not human, right? That's that's what we mean. Whether you want to say aliens or whatever. There must be loads of stuff they film. And traditionally, you talk about technology that we see is 50 years behind, especially from a military term, what they've actually got, right? So 
absolutely there's always a possibility they're filming Chinese drones or Russian drones or something like that, right? That's just unbelievable. But what you've got is that little bit of footage. And this frustrates even people that are proper into UFOs and whatever else. They see one bit of footage and go, oh, that could be anything. What comes with that, and this is where the military stuff really interests me, especially the stuff since 2017 that's been released, is it's not just the bit of footage, it's the pilots that talk about what they saw as well. So again, it's it's more the weight of evidence. What you're not going to get is one thing that goes, that proves UFOs or aliens or flying saucers are real. What you get is a folder that starts to stack up of, we've got all this footage, we've got all these pictures, we've got all this testimony. The other big thing that we don't really see but gets talked about for good reason is the other data that corroborates what they're seeing. So these guys, have, they're showing you that dodgy, grainy infrared camera mm-hmm. that shows a sphere going along above the water, right? And then it kind of disappears as it kind of hits the water. Now, that could that could be a weather balloon that's burst at the sky, right? But what you then get is the pilots coming forward that are saying, do you know what? We caught this on radar. It was moving at a certain speed. It was going against the wind. We don't have technology that would do that. A balloon would be flying all over the place, going everywhere. I'm no scientific, so I need to take these people at their word. But again, you've got very experienced, high-ranking officials coming out and going, we had all these different sensors. We had all this different stuff. One of them, and if I don't know if, Jack, if you watched that, I sent you it, but the one with the sphere that's on the grainy infrared, that was... I, yeah, I read. I read again, I'll I read. send you the link so people can go and have a look at it anyway, right? But the, the footage, again, with all the context, it was 11 o'clock at night. These things were there for over an hour. So it wasn't just a balloon floating in the wind, right? We don't even really have the technology that allows normal drones to sit in that kind of wind. So they were talking about the wind being like 40 mile an hour and these things were just sitting perfectly still and then every now and again moving about. Then it hits the water. It was serious enough they sent a nuclear-powered submarine to go and find the debris when it hit the water to recover anything and they found nothing. <laughs> exactly. So, there we are. Like, sure, fucking hell, man. I don't know. Just the way you finished that sentence, they found nothing. I'm oh, sure. What do you think they were doing? Like, wa- just something. What, what do you think they were up to? What is it they were watching? What are they hoping? What do you think they're hoping to to get out of hovering above like the sea at eleven o'clock at night? What, what what's the what's the end game for these UF UFPs UAPs? So, UAP. So again, I'd say it's more the fact that they're hovering near like nuclear powered battle groups and strike groups, right? That's why they're being filmed by the US military and Russia and China. I mentioned them because they're the superpowers, right? And they all want to keep secrets for each other. That's why they're filming these things and that's why they've got a big interest in it as well. And this is where the so much has happened to the point next next week in a couple of weeks we're going to get a, or the US have a bill going through the Senate that was part of a, a mandate in December that gave 180 days for the Department of Defence to produce a... friends Colin here the looks the charm and the brains behind drug term memory just wanted to pop in and interrupt your listening pleasure to let you know about our patreon and some changes that we've made to it recently we've now introduced a one pound tier where you get absolutely hee-haw other than the sense of achievement that could only come from supporting two great guys like myself and Jack we've also reduced the price of the two top tiers uh, by a pound on each of them just because we appreciate Life is a little bit shit just now, and uh, if we can make things a little bit better for people, then we will. So check us out at patreon.com forward slash memory, and you'll be able to get early access to shows, ad-free, and lots of bonus content. Support 
declassified on what they've got on UFOs, UAPs, okay? It's not going to come out and say it's aliens, right? But there's enough departments now within the US government, they want to come out and go, what are we actually doing about this? Because they look at it as it being a potential threat. If you've got objects, like no talking about ships or spaceships or aliens, if you've got objects flying about the best US technology and military technology out there that they don't know what they are, they outperform them, they outmaneuver them, they're doing things that they can't explain. And again, when Jack, I was talking about that footage in context, there's things called the five observables, right? And it's how these things move. And when they're all kind of added up, make something maybe more exotic than just an unidentified object, right? Things like low observability, you can't pick it up on radar, but you can see the object with your bare eyes or vice versa. Hypersonic velocity, which it shoots off at incredible speeds. Some of these things are tracked. And this is, I'll go over a case as well when we get to talking about it from 2004, where these objects were tracked from 80,000 feet coming down on radar from 80,000 feet to just above the seabed in under two seconds. So they're going about 13,000 miles an hour. We don't have anything that can go anywhere near that. So again, you start to look at, they've got all this extra data and sensor data and radar data that says, look what this stuff's doing, but you don't really get but that who, released to the public. who's saying, who's, who's, who's verifying that something's going at 18,000 miles an hour? Because it's definitely... 13, so Department of Defence, the Pentagon, and you've got the people who are watching the equipment in the, at the time to say, See, look what this think, stuff's well, doing. I don't know if they... I, from what I've garnered um, very briefly, I don't... I've not seen any admittance from the from the government that something that they've got something going seventeen thousand miles an hour or whatever. Thirteen thousand. Thirteen thousand sort of. It's fast so you've as got fuck. The, you've got the pilots who saw it coming out. So, <laughs> aye, fast as fuck, aye. It's heavy, so, rapid. Uh, oh, boom. Aye, aye, <laughs> very, very rapid. And not just the fact it's travelling at that speed; the fact it's stopping instantly as well. So, twenty seventeen, right. New York Times, big publication in America, right? Serious newspaper, mm-hmm. front page, um, Department of Defense basically admits UFOs are real. Which well, is UFOs like we've are talked. Real. Yes. yes, aye. Uh-huh. So, but then you need so the that's article. Headline, okay. That's like, that's, quote, that's totally quoting out of context. That is, that's like cherry but picking. For, but for 99% of the population, that makes sense. Because for me, I'm like, well, I know that's real. That's, that's like saying pin number calling, isn't it? Where it's personal identification number number uh, right it's a trigger but, for me it's a trigger it's a trigger you get me out you're getting me worked up here but 99 percent of the population say pin number and it makes sense to them however yeah. you know different so same with me ufo ufos are real yes you do see unidentified objects so but to they, a lot of people ufos aren't just unidentified flying objects to a lot of well, people when they hear ufo that's they, they immediately think aliens Yes, so that's that's my point though. So the New York Times picked that article, which is quite generic, but because the people reading it who aren't into the subject know they mean or are, are getting at that sort of thing. So within the body of the article, they then address that the US military call these UAPs and that the US government and military have always denied having any interest in it. We don't care about UFOs, we don't investigate it. It's all nothing we've got an interest in. And it basically came out that they had a program called ATIP, which was the Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program, mm-hmm. ran from 2012 to 2017, headed up by a guy called Luis Elizondo. Luis Elizondo resigned from this program. I've interviewed him. Cracking guy. He He's a massive patriot. And you know what the, 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 the Americans are like for being proper military and all that for kind of stuff, people. right? Yes, yeah. he's very, very, very proud of what he'd done for his country. But... In the five years he was in this program, and it was actually, it had a predecessor called OSAP, 
Again, very similar, but it wasn't Lou that was in charge of that. So basically, it came out in the New York Times. Look, the US government does and has investigated these objects, and they've got footage, they've got um, testimony, they've got sensor data, they've got all this different stuff. And do you know what? Maybe it's something we should be looking into. So again, you've got the, nah, that's all bollocks. What's the point? Or you can have a little bit of an open mind and go, do you know what? Maybe we maybe we should look into it because let's get some mainstream scientists and some proper funding behind it. And is there something else going on? Do you know what? Is it is it incredible human technology that it raises a whole of different questions as to where this suddenly came from and how you can now suddenly defy the laws of physics and whatnot as we understand them? But on the other hand, maybe there is something to it. And if you want to look at the there's something else that's non-human and intelligence, that's what they're they're trying to get at. Along with that article, there was three videos declassified um, from the US Navy, Gimbal, GoFast, and Tic Tac. Mm-hmm. And they all show on their own, in isolation, objects that you'll look at and go, I bet that could be anything. But again, they've been declassified because these things have been sitting with the US government with this ATIP program as anomalous objects worthy of investigation and worth being classified at one point as well on various different operating systems. What will make this a little bit more interesting, because we're talking about systems and data and radar, and I don't want listeners to turn off, is one of the pilots, and again, this is testimony, right? You, everyone knows the movie Top Gun, and Top Gun is shit hot, the best of the best, elite creme de la creme. One of these pilots, David Fravor, Commander David Fravor, right, is like your elite fucking not point not 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 one percent of pilots in the world. In 2004, they had this incident that's called like the Tic Tac uh, Encounter, where over the course of not one day, but 7 to 10 days, a load of objects were seen hovering just off of one of these um, battle groups off of San Diego, California. And they just sat there for days, way out. They were told not to do anything about it. Again, I've spoke to one of the guys that operated the Spy One radar, and he was told to constantly take the equipment down, clean it out, and put it back up because it must be glitches, of which every time he'd done it, these things were there, but just stronger and stronger. So they were seen by loads of the crew. Look, you've got these objects just floating out there in the sky, hovering in the sky for like 17, 18 hours at a time, right? So they're not just drones sitting watching us. And this is like a nuclear group on like training maneuvers, basically. One of the days, David Fravor and his... uh, Alex. Alex Dietrich, yeah, Mm -hmm. um, were basically sent out. She's just came out publicly uh, because she's been very active in the military and wanted to kind of stay anonymous till, till very recently. Um, they were basically sent out to to have a look at what this thing was. So they're flying along. I, th- I think it's uh, people will kill me if I'm wrong here, but it's about 20,000 feet, whatever they're flying. And I think it was F-18s or F-17s. And they looked down at the, the seabed and they said you could see it. And bear in mind, I really need to stress the point, these people are top gun trained observers, right? They're not just me on a bus going along Mary Hill Road looking at the Wingate stuff, right, and reporting back what I see. These guys know what they're looking at and know what they're know what they're viewing. They know distances, you know, all that kind of stuff. So the sea was a very calm day and he spots imagine a Boeing seven four seven had just went underneath the surface of the water where you would see that kind of large wingspan, but the water kind of breaking a little bit over the top of it. Mm-hmm. And he says there was something under the water, but then they could see there was this little white dot moving imagine there was like a glass case around a small area like a ping pong ball and this thing was firing about dead erratically no rhyme or reason to the way it was moving you couldn't move anything we've got like this right it was like a ping pong ball firing about and they were sent right let's go and take a closer look so to get one of those aircraft to to get in position to see that you can't just fly straight down you go down in a spiral 
which is what I found out doing the podcast and all that kind of stuff, this thing turned and came up to meet him and started mimicking him. So this thing's aware that he's there and it basically gets within 40 feet of his window of his aircraft on a clear day and he describes it as a 40-foot white tic-tac-shaped object, a matte white, so not shiny or reflective, no port, no exhaust, no markings, that's it. Sat beside him for a second. Alex Dietrich, who's in another flight with a, a whistle in the back seat as well. So the pilots have got someone sitting behind them too. We've all seen the movie Top Gun. People know what these jets are like. They all see this thing and then it belts off. And he, he describes it as disappearing, but it moved at speed that made it look like it had disappeared. That was it. So he sees this thing next to him. Mm. So either... He's literally made this whole fucking thing up that they had tracked on radar and seen, and then he's reported what he's seen with his eyes with other pilots corroborating the story, but he kept it quiet for, for 13, 14 years. Or he did see something that day that they can't quite explain. Well, that, that's like that, that sort of... Well, sort of... Still to this day, sort of Lodi does the sort of... One of the sort of... Like, top UFO encounters, basically... Again, but it's there's there's like coming from a layman, there's like that the one bloody video. Um, okay, and there's all his all his backup, his story and in inverted commas. There just doesn't appear to be, in my eyes, any any real evidence, like like. Nothing they're going to release and show you because they're not going to use... By the way, as the US military, you imagine they've got all this high-tech shit that they don't want other countries knowing they've got. They don't want other people knowing how good the quality of their surveillance is or what it can track and how it can track it. So they're not going to release that to the public and say, look, we found this UFO flying about and here's all the stuff we've got on it. That's where that stuff doesn't come out. And Do, do you not think we're maybe in a position now better than ever before the fact that the previous president is a fucking nutcase. And if MD was going to let the secrets out or let the kind of information out, he's the one now that would be, he'd be, he'd be singing basically. That's, that's what the one that's, know as the president. Yeah. That's the one that signed the bill that's repro- uh, producing this declassified report next week. But so that's all coming from this- Trump. Trump signed the bill, yeah. it wasn't That wasn't the only thing, but it was a Senate bill, so there was a whole load of things within it for, for different compartments and whatnot, but part of it was that. Trump was asked about it. Have either of you ever seen Trump's comments? I think I've seen... I've, I remember him being spoken about it. I think he was more open than usual than what you would expect, but he's it, asked it was about Trump. It. Yeah, he's asked about it particularly like in two interviews, right? And the first time he kind of goes, nah, I don't, I don't think there's much to it. People believe it, but Trump, uh, former President Trump's audience is very southern bible belt america mm-hmm. um and there's a lot of talk and again when you look at people at like Elizondo and whatnot they'll discuss how within the the government in america a lot of the the stigma which is huge but i mean we are having this chat and there's a lot of stigma within it but it's natural when it comes to this topic is because of religious connotations with it that there are people in very high ranking positions that don't like the fact this could be and i'm going to use the inverted demonic uh, <laughs> and that's where these conversations start to go because I'm not religious in the slightest and people still believe and live their life based on books that were written 2,000 years ago. Um, so that kind of stuff is that's still a hindrance to this topic, even from a military point of view. And he, like, what, Another thing that would sort of get me about this um, specific 2004 thing was 
like when it first came to light, it was basically written in a science fiction story by the the chief radar operator. They released it in two thousand and eight. Like again, not knowing lots and lots about the subject, it just kind of paints a light on it. That's just it just in my eyes just doesn't quite stand up. Yeah, is that? Uh, I can't remember. Is it Kevin Day or Gary Voorhees that wrote the? I'm not. I'm not 100 sure of the guy's name. So but I've, it, I, yeah, I've, I've interviewed both of them. Right, Gary right. Voorhees who's the Spy One Radar, and I can't remember what one. But basically, they they see that right, and the whole everyone on the ships saw these things and heard of them if they didn't see them with their own eyes. Okay, so loads of folk again saw these objects. Right, Fravor was the one that saw it next to his craft alex dietrich saw it from you know a little bit further back watching and then the rest of them were guys on the the cruisers seeing them out at the sea right and there was binoculars they call them the big eyes Mm -hmm. but you know the big binoculars on the ship and they they could see these objects out at sea but it there's still that piss taking element of it so especially in 2004 when you're in the military and you want to be the guy who talks about the ufo you saw there's still guys who are giving it the nah, what a load of shite, that's bollocks, nah, not you you seen aliens again, and it's the jock mentality and they're taking the piss out of it, and of course you do. It's like I have I've had that conversation plenty of times. So to to best keep his recollection, he basically wrote it down. And not like a journal or a diary, but he wrote a little story about it. That that's all that was. That so it wasn't like it was that was the first time it was heard of, just that was how he recorded it. He went, you know what, I'm gonna write a wee daft story about what happened, but I'll say it was fiction. That was See, only one person's vantage point as well that day. Something that keeps something again, that keeps coming like, back to me. Sorry, Jack. Something that keeps coming back to me is that I get where you're coming from, and that you're trying to move away from the idea of aliens and little green men and all that sort of stuff, and just talk about these UAPs and these unknown lights in the sky and these perhaps drones that are floating at seventeen or thirteen thousand miles per hour, etc. And I get that there are lights in the sky. People see things. I, I saw. Um, I saw what's his name, the guy that does Tesla. Elon Musk, Starlink Elon Musk, Star- yeah. So I, I, seen I, them, yeah. I and it was amazing. Right? It looked, yeah. it looked so so cool. But I knew it was happening. I knew the time. I knew when to go out my garden. I knew when to look, and it was great. But I know you do see lights and stuff in the sky, and it probably is a little bit easier to describe them and say that's what I'm here to talk about. That's what I consider to be a UFO or a UAP, etc. But something is still flying them. Something's responsible for them. So it still it still dials back to me to be talking about an alien somewhere. And I can't, in my head, I just see the aliens from TV, the alien from movies, which is probably nothing like what an alien would look like in real life, right? Or any sort of life. But I'll even though we're talking about what they are. <laughs> but well, that's what I'm interested in because all the talk of drones and lights and all that sort of stuff is, is fair income, right? However, what is behind it? Who's driving it? Who's at the control of it? Because this technology is not just doing stuff itself. Somebody's thought of it. Somebody's created it. Somebody's made it. So if it's true, I don't think it's fair just to say, like, let's just talk about it as a UFO or a UAP, because there must be something deeper than that, which actually caused it to be there in the first place. Yeah. And that's that's the cool stuff. That's the stuff that I'd... So, so I, some, I don't know what you I think, Jack. Say- my opinion, by the way, sometimes it's us, and I would say sometimes it's someone else. And when I say us, I mean human. Yeah. Some of the technology is stuff we have got that's pretty advanced. Begs the question where we got it, how we got it. Um, but again, I would say there's a few different things happening, and when you guys are ready to get to that, we'll we'll talk about it. Like the 
the big thing, I suppose, recently was the 60 Minutes in America, you know, sort of massive, massive, massive TV show, right? So, in Europe, um, Elizondo was sort of the, the main sort of protagonist on it. He sort of kicked it off, I think. Um, I've not I've not watched that. I've only sort of recently sort of tried to educate myself a little bit. And I, I listened to your interview and he speaks very well. He seems like a nice guy as well. Like... Is there a is there an argument right because he was uh, in charge of um, what was it, what was it called again? So twenty two eight eight tip So there was was it twenty twenty two twenty odd million dollars put into that scheme? The fun, funding, that. yeah, aye. yeah. So funding, right? Now, is there an argument that there may be some people that are into UFOs in, in the government and they can funnel off $22 million quite easily from a trillion dollar sort of budget and like bureaucracy or whatever, like people aren't like, they're not penny pinching at that level. Like if people are in government that are into UFOs and I'm going to call it a plaything in inverted commas, let, let let them do that. It costs us twenty two million dollars, which sounds like a lot, but in the sort of grand scheme of military spending, is peanuts. Yeah, yeah, it's not it's not a lot of money. Um, obviously, there's paper trails as to where that money went as well. Actually, one of the arguments, especially in the UFO community, when they heard about that number, was that's not enough money to be a realistic figure to actually investigate this subject. So it was almost the opposite. Of why such a small amount? Um, like you say, there's a trillion dollar budget and no doubt and the rest that you don't hear about like black budgets and stuff like that mm-hmm. um but lou when he's talked about it has mentioned the fact is that you don't necessarily need money to walk down the hall of the pentagon and speak to guys that you have made you know like uh, your, your colleagues or friends with over years mm-hmm. and say look i am looking for data regarding an incident that happened here and there's people that deal in again i'm going to bastardize this badly but like radar right and then down the hall there's i mean we've all done it at work like colin you've talked about the places you've worked in the past with banks and stuff like that right and you've got different people on the same floor with different expertise and you go yeah. to them for help and that's all that a lot of his job he's saying that's a lot of what he done as well so that 22 million dollars over what five six years is a couple of million dollars a year I think they had a small number of staff as well. So again, if you look at a couple of people, that then goes on to salaries, but that's still not a lot for a military budget and yeah. everything else they had to spend that on. So, so that's kind of what I'm trying to get at. Yeah. It's really arbitrary, the money. Yeah, that's what, but that's what I'm trying to get at. Is it like kind of like just the, the government saying, okay, let them have their pet project, basically. Just like dismissing it. Because I would, I'm similar to Colin, like, I'd love if they spent a billion dollars on it and tried to get to the bottom of it and provide, again, proof that I think would make me believe. But it's just, are they ever going to? Like, do you ever think they'll just at one day? Because obviously they've released uh, the videos, but they've obviously released these videos knowing fine well that it's, doesn't really mean anything. Them releasing they've, those yeah, videos, it means fuck all because they know they've declassified that, portions I, of the videos that are ambiguous enough that you can explain away that what's it really shown. But that's where guys like Lou Elizondo have got a very difficult job, and it's not just Lou. He 
one of his main colleagues that you'll have seen if you watch the 60 minute piece is Chris Mellon right now this this might help with anyone going on about the money and stuff like that as well because that is something that comes up Chris Mellon look up the Mellon family right and who they are it's M-E-L-L-O-N they are a very very powerful rich and successful family he was the under secretary of defense for the United States right I can't remember what president it was uh, might have been Bush I'm not sure so this guy held a huge, very important position. His family are minted. Money is no object to this guy in mm-hmm. every sense of the word, right? He was one of the guys who helped declassify these videos. What has he got to gain other than looking stupid and coming out and lying about this stuff? Again, for it, so he's no like financial gain from it. He's could, one of the guys turn, you, helping. You could Lou. turn that around though, Andy, and say that he's he's so financially secure he's got nothing to lose by being a guy going out and saying stuff like that either he's not going to struggle to get work or anything people aren't going to not employ him because he doesn't need he doesn't have that to worry about what you lose though at that level is a hell of a reputation talking about aliens and he's talked about that himself that he is but he wasn't so this is a guy that's now doing it publicly and he's having to come out and sit there again as a former undersecretary of defense and basically try and push this forward and he's talked about it and again it's one of those i, I won't do it for him Go and watch some of his interviews, and he's, Chris Mellon speaks so well. He's unbelievable. He's the kind of guy that nothing will face him. Lou, you can see the emotion sometimes when he talks, and that's great. But Chris Mellon just talks with that same assured tone. That I think everyone wishes they could just. I wish I could. Sit I would, and do I would this absolutely love like it, Chris Mellon. I would absolutely love it. Like for example, I think Jordan Peterson is one of those guys that can just yes. speak about anything. Yeah, outstanding. Yeah. But. One thing that I cannot get behind is some of Jordan Peterson's actual theories. But we see yep. when he's having that debate and being an orator, you get, you get wrapped into it. And so if this guy is that good at speaking, then is he being a, not a puppet master, but if he's that good at it, like Jordan Peterson could argue that, like, feminism shouldn't be a thing and once you listen to it you're like i fuck 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 woman you're like because he's so good <laughs> at putting that point across i get your point right so i think it goes back to something colin said before that was a really good point about why they would investigate it and jack you mentioned as well why would they put the money into it there comes a point that something's there i think even if you're not into ufos and aliens and all that kind of stuff right and we've cleared up ufos are a thing that's not really the question anymore if, if you're saying it's no aliens like you say colin something is there the the u.s government's filming this stuff that they can't explain you've got pilots and soldiers and navy personnel who are seeing this stuff where they're going what the, what is that what's it doing how's it doing that so why would they be sending this stuff out? And again, that, that's a genuine question of if it's just another country stuff and that maybe gets into the who's behind it, then do they want to be showing that? It's no secret US tech because you're not going to show your own country's stuff that's 50 years advanced, are you, that doing manoeuvres or you're not going to send out, say they've got, say that Tic Tac was US technology, right? Mm-hmm. Let's say that Fravor's not lying because that's the other option is that they made all that up, which is bollocks, right? So, he sees that white tic-tac and that's US technology. You're testing that out against your own pilot. There's human error would then come into it, regardless how advanced the technology was. And you're doing it next to a, a strike group that's nuclear powered as well. So the slightest thing goes wrong with that. You've got a massive incident in your hands off the coast of California. Mm-hmm. So there's still that question of what is behind whatever these objects are. And that conversation, like I, that's where I think guys like Chris Mellon are brilliant coming out and having that because they do have stuff to lose in the sense their reputation's on the line because you're eventually, you're having to have a conversation basically about aliens. 
when it comes down to it now. But it's got to the point they're having these conversations regularly on Fox News, on CNN, on 60 Minutes. I, I don't even know if we've got anything quite like that in the UK that's that hard-hitting. Like, you might look at programmes like BBC Newsnight. I, I don't know, maybe. I wouldn't say anything like Piers Morgan because that's not necessarily that serious, right? But it's a really hard-hitting journalistic piece. And they started it off with, do you know what? We've talked about all kinds of things, but we're going to talk about UFOs or UAPs. And they go into a really serious piece on why this is something people maybe should start looking at in a different light. What's the 60 Minutes host? What's his name? Yeah, I, is, I is he? I don't know his name, but again, if you've got a, a host that has um, sort of leanings that that, that sort of hard hitting journalistic piece becomes a little bit easier, I think, to like produce and put out there. Are you a little bit disappointed that, that, like, some of the stuff, quite a lot of the stuff on the sixty minute, sixty minute. I don't know if it's actually on for sixty minutes or if there's breaks, but a little bit disappointed that a lot of it was sort of. Seems to be stuff that's just been out for decades, and it's just getting re-churned. It's the same old story and and videos, and there doesn't seem to be a hell of a lot of again overwhelming or new new evidence. No, um, sixty minutes. By the way, it's three. 15 minute segments the rest of the 15 minutes is adverts right. and it's three different segments as well the uap section was the second part it's about 13 minutes 42 seconds long mm-hmm. and then there's an additional six minutes of an interview online after it as well if anyone wants to watch it called, so roughly uh, 13 minutes and 42 seconds just about that mate i just just roughly <laughs> 60 minutes 42 i right. just roughly thirteen thousand miles an hour you know right so uh, i so that, that was the second segment um as far as i'm aware by the way the the host of the piece had no leanings that it's not something to talk about or they have talked about in the past right um and your other point on the 60 minute oh yeah so no i'm not disappointed because for the one percent that are interested in this topic the way i am or less than one percent yeah i knew all that already but the fact is that it's getting the conversation that i have with the one percent to a mass audience of, of 20 million people. I think it's about 9.5. I think it used to get 20 million, but with all the channels nowadays, it gets like 9.5, but it's a massive, massive show, right? Um, no, it gets the conversation to a different level. It puts people at Luella Zondo in front of a totally different audience that aren't necessarily interested in it as well. Like with anything, if you're trying to if you're trying to start a podcast network and you're shouting about it to nothing but podcasters mm-hmm. that already have shows, then you're, you're kind of preaching to the choir. You want to get people involved that don't have podcasts. Yeah. And it's how do you find that audience? So what Lou and Chris and other people that were involved in this have had to do over the course of, well, since 2017 when they went public, is really slowly build up that conversation because they've spent the best part now of three and a half years going on the smaller networks, smaller newspapers, the piss-taking pieces, getting little bites here and there. And they've got to the point where shows like Fox News Tucker Carlson hosts a pretty popular, uh, albeit controversial, I think he's a bit of a Piers Morgan when I look at it from from a British point of view um, as a character. Um, But he's taken this really seriously and almost weekly now has a section on his show on Fox News talking about UAPs, demanding why the government aren't looking at this seriously, that people should be talking about it seriously. So the conversation's been had, it's been had for a long time, but it's now been seen in a very mainstream way. But to the point, if if people look at this and there's a lot of people saying, yeah, it's the same thing and nothing will happen, it'll go back to the way it was. We've never got to the point where the government itself is about to produce a report 
Not that I'm saying the report's not going to come out. It's not going to say there's aliens and spacecraft and stuff, but the government's going to produce a, a partly declassified report talking about this stuff that there's then going to be actions and consequences hopefully off the back of as well. So that's a hell of a lot of progress. Right. And that's where they've managed to build up this audience and following. And And I see that. I'm grateful that a guy like Lou I've interviewed goes on 60 Minutes my my youtube hits go up and i see the impact on yeah but obviously my main thing's audio like you guys as well right but I, i'm not saying oh that's amazing lose on that so i'm going to get loads of listeners it's a very small percentage but of that audience it gets another couple of people going do you know what let's go find a podcast let's go find a video online and you start to see the trickle down of that as well to the point it's starting to hit the uk media which is brilliant Colin, do you get anything here? Because I, I've got one or two things I want to speak to Andy about. <laughs> um, see, to be honest, no. Like, I I came into this very sceptical and I'll be honest, I wanted to just prod you by a stick and take the piss for an hour. But your arguments are, are actually really good. They come from obviously a place where this is your shit and you know it. And... I think any sort of jibe or any sort of attempt at that, you've, you're going to pretty much be able to just bat back at us. So I'm just, I'm just enjoying hearing it from from your point of view and trying to understand how you're able to be so open about it and how you're able to be so like open to the idea that this is actually a thing out there and there is something out there because as much as I like it to be there and everything you've said so far is sort of making sense. There's nothing you've said where I've just thought. Right, okay, Jack. This this guy Andy's a crank. <laughs> it's that's not that's not what that's not come up at all. Um, in some ways, it might be more entertaining if you were an absolute crank and you're not. Unfortunately, um, I just still can't see past the idea that there's just no way there's anything up there. It's just it's just lights and it's reflections and it's satellites and it's just it's just that. But I'm thoroughly enjoying hearing you reference it and go into these details with it. So nothing major to add I wouldn't say Jack other than I'm just enjoying the conversation I think bit of a sudden cut off here this is Jack the chat kept going and we had to split it somewhere so I've stuck a split in here and we'll speak to you next week cheers Browse only the best pogs in the best network. Quite the thing media.com. <laughs>